Now a trickling puck comes out. Suzuki working in. Right side. Saved by Leonard. Rebound. Another stop Leonard. Puck into the slot. Toffoli shoots. Stopped by Robin Leonard. And the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. And live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Nolan Patrick comes in. Drops it off. Out and shoots. He scores! The former Ranger. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out at T-Mobile Arena getting ready for Vegas and L.A. later on tonight. Jared Justice is back in the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the. Woo! So we get to uh, see Jack Eichel again tonight. Yep. It's confirmed. He's going to play two games in three days after missing uh, 11 months of action. Uh, What an opportunity for him. I can't imagine how much better, more comfortable Mm -hmm. is probably the better word. He is going to feel tonight compared to Wednesday against Colorado, just having been through it one time. And that's from the rink, uh, from the warm-up, from playing the game, from how his body feels, from his neck uh, uh, in relation to the surgery, and then getting some touches and playing in a hard-fought, really intense game. Uh, He also has lit up the L.A. Kings over the course of his career. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a perfect storm. I don't want to get people too excited just yet. Yep. Because I was tuned in yesterday by Mike, but I got a good (laughs) feeling, a really good feeling about tonight's game as the Golden Knights uh, go into a game in a situation that they've never been in before, having been blanked in back-to-back games. Yeah, and, you know, you've got Pete DeBoer trying to find a combination that's going to work, that's going to put pucks in the back of the net, produce some goals. Do you want to get into Vegas that? Golden Knights? Yeah, absolutely. You want to do it right now? Let's, Getting... let's go. Okay. So there will be a tweak to the lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, here's how it's going to work out. I'm going to call this old chemistry. Yeah. or familiarity and and maybe the path of least resistance in, in trying to figure out how to best maximize this lineup. Top line will be Max Pacioretty with Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson. He will play right wing top line with Eichel and Pacioretty. Then you reunite the Misfits, Marshall Carlson and Smith. Matthias Yanmark, Nick Watt, Evgeny Dodonov has been a very solid third line for this Golden Knights club all year long you have that in your back pocket and then your fourth line is going to be Keegan Colesar getting back into the lineup with Brett Howden and Will Carrier so why do you think Pete goes back to that after the different look that he produced on Wednesday against Colorado a game in which Vegas was right there in lockstep with the best team in the National Hockey League I think for this you're you're looking at a little bit more skill um, in in kind of balancing things out and understanding that you've got guys and lines that have produced for you in the past. You're talking about the Golden Knights coming into a situation in an unfamiliar territory. This team has never been blanked in back-to-back games. I think you're looking for goals. You're looking for results here. As much as the process matters, when you look at the Golden Knights and where they're at right now in the standings and you factor in that this is a divisional game and that the LA Kings are just four points back with a game in hand on Vegas – the Edmonton Oilers are just two points behind. 
I think that you're looking for goal production and you're looking for the result maybe a little bit more than the process of playing with uh, playing around with things. You surprised? No, not really. I am. I'm I'm not because of how tight the standings have become right now. I think right now the 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 most important thing for the Golden Knights is going to be getting getting a couple of points. I really do. And you know, I I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more runway with what that lineup was for the Golden Knights against Colorado. And I think L.A., San Jose, Arizona would have provided perfect games to, to give that more runway. But, you know, when you're now second in the division, you've got teams right on your heels. I think you, you get to a point where you just, need, you just need wins. Given what Pete had said, you don't want to experiment in the stretch drive or the first round of the playoffs or get into a situation where you're putting new combinations together in a Stanley Cup postseason. The one game where he, where he changed things up, mm-hmm. I thought would lead to three games, four games of, of, of changing it up, just because of that philosophy of looking at different scenarios. And that's... Uh, he sort of gave us that, that impression. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't mind going back at all. I, I think it, uh, for one, uh, and in a big way, what, what moving Chandler Stevenson to the opposite wing of Max Pacioretty with Jack Eichel in the middle gives you is more puck possession possibilities. Uh, Eichel uh, did not fare great in the faceoff dot the other night, and that's the, the one area where you could go, okay, Rust had a real big impact yeah. on his game. So if you've got Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel as a lefty-righty, uh, offset. Both players can go to their strong side. It will and should help you control the puck a lot more head-to-head when you're going against uh, Philip Deneau or Andrew Kopitar. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge advantage right there to get Pacioretty and Eichel more opportunities with the puck. And the other part of it is Chandler Stevenson was their best player yeah. uh, against Colorado. So you reward him uh, by moving it up. Uh, Stevenson in this that third line scenario with Nick Watt uh, the other night, that that was really effective. And one of the reasons why it was really effective is they had the lefty-righty combination on centers. Mm -hmm. And they were both going with their strong side, and they were dominant, the two of them, uh, on their strong side. So Pete DeBoer uh, would be looking for a similar type of uh, rate of uh, production on the face-off wins, which should give you increased uh, possibilities uh, and chances in around the Los Angeles Kings net. The the misfit line reuniting, I'm just, I'm becoming just resigned to the fact that they're going to be a a line until 2048. That's that's basically what's going to happen. And it, 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 they've tried a couple of times in the last few years to go away and give that a, a different approach, mm-hmm. and it always goes back. And I don't think this is a case where anybody was bad or didn't play well because I like what Marcia so did with Chandler Stevenson and Nick Waugh. Yeah. That line was their best line the other night. Uh, maybe it was because they didn't like uh, the combination of, of Yanmark with, with William Carlson and Riley Smith. Maybe Riley Smith complained because he did, doesn't understand Swedish, and he was he was left out, uh, as William Carlson said, that uh, that the uh, they were they were freezing out uh, the winger in Smith. I, I, I'm not sure that what went into that, but mm-hmm. it it does appear to be good old comfort food 
in the Misfits. And by doing that, by putting them back together, you do get back to that third line, which has become the, the most significant and stable and productive third line this organization has had since year number one. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, again, I like I, I'm, I'm with you in that I wanted to see more runway, right? Like I'm with you in that I at some point feel that what's best for this team long term is finding a way to separate the misfits and having it work. I, I don't know whether that's and, the right and, thing. And I, sure, but like it just it just seems like whenever there's going to be or if there is a change or you do break that line up because you don't immediately get two lines that that are are kind of close to what you get out of the misfits you just you you always look at that and say well we know how good they are we know how good the misfit line is together if it's not going to come close we just go right back to it because mm. this is a line that since they have been put together has been dominant especially in this in this division. After the Colorado game and seeing how Vegas played against the Avalanche, mm-hmm. I think what you're witnessing tonight and will witness tonight was the plan all along. Because the Marcia so stevenson line was good. Mm-hmm. Eichel, Pacioretty, Dodonov had some chances. And Yanmark... Carlson and, and and Smith, they're okay, mm-hmm. but they also went head to head with the big boys, or or at at as much as they could, yeah. went head to head with the big boys with matching lines, and uh, I don't I don't blame anything on the, on the lack of production uh, from on, on that line because of what what they were doing. So uh, it, this wasn't a case where Vegas didn't generate anything the other night. I think Vegas was right there and. Mm-hmm. You could make a case, and you could sell me on that they they were the better team for majority or not majority, but uh, uh, more than than fifty percent of that game. That that tells me that this was just one of those ones. We'll get Jack in the game, and then we'll we'll go back and we'll give it uh, a little bit uh, uh, of a of a more familiar look with the pairings. Pacioretty and Stevenson know each other. Uh, the Misfits know each other, and that third line is very familiar with each other. But isn't there an argument to go the opposite direction yeah, and have, a- absolutely. have your most familiar lineup against your against the best team in the yeah, league in absolutely. Colorado? A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think that he wanted to take a look, mm-hmm. and he got a look because yeah. the lines kind of tweaked in the back half of that game Yeah, uh, when they were pushing uh, to, to try and hit the scoreboard. But I understand it's almost like, and you never, uh, Pete would, would uh, chase me down the stairs oh, this if you ever fun. heard me say this, but it's almost like the Wednesday game was an outlier mm-hmm. where you get Jack in and you try a couple of things, but there's going to be so much uh, going on in and around that game. Uh Coming back from a break, uh, launching a new uh, new player. Your your backup goaltender is playing. You're playing this uh, juggernaut team. It's almost like okay, let's let's give this a shot here. Okay, and then we'll go back to uh, good old reliable, and 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 what we're familiar with. But I, like, I started this conversation by saying I'm surprised <laughs> that we're seeing the lineups and the forward units go the way they're going to go tonight. Mm-hmm. 
but I understand why they're going with that. The weird part to me is why did you do it at all the other night? And I'm trying to, to get my head around it, and one of the big reasons is is because it was it was an event on Wednesday. Yeah. And now you get back to normal. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the team responds with with these the the, the new old combinations. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. And really, it'll be interesting to see Chandler Stevenson on the wing uh, for the first time this year with this Golden Knights team and, and playing alongside Jack Eichel and Max Pacioretty. You know the chemistry that Stevenson has with Pacioretty. It's 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 been well documented. You know how good of a year Chandler Stevenson has had for the Golden Knights this season. And I think you add more speed to the wing for Jack Eichel to play with, you you could you could build something here with this line combination. And then again, you know what you're getting out of your second line, you know what you're getting out of your third line, and the, as constructed with Carrier Howden and Colasar, you know exactly what the identity is for your fourth line. Yeah, Keegan Colasar goes back in, Nolan Patrick uh, injured yep. in the game against Colorado, and uh, it, it sounds like Pete just wanted to give him a, a different look. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Colasar, he uh, was scratched up for the first time this year, missed his initial game of the campaign. Uh, this, uh, this is uh, really an interesting approach. It gives you a, a couple of uh, different uh, lines to go against those those top centers. And and you're also looking for a little bit of confidence after being blanked in in back-to-back games. Um, I, I don't know whether the uh, the Patrick uh, injury has anything to do with moving it around and power plays and and, mm-hmm. and so forth. But uh, but he's out. And uh, Nick Wall was today was skating on the number one power play unit, uh, taking that spot. Uh, this is this is a team that uh, that has the luxury of being able to move a lot of really high profile players around and try different combinations but it's also a team that's kind of scratching to to generate some some goals yeah and you know for me I, I think that that's going to be the big thing I'm focused in on tonight for the Golden Knights is you know against a Kings team that does well defensively that that checks hard but has struggled to keep the puck out of the net lately and and that's that's a product of goaltending right yeah. like as as much as as much as we're going to applaud the kings for how well they play uh in their own zone how how well they they take away the middle of the ice uh their goaltending at the beginning of the year was lights out it was yeah. fantastic now not so much and you're that's why you're starting to see the kings kind of fall back down to earth a little bit um yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Golden Knights are able to kind of break down the Kings uh, in transition number one and then whether or not they're going to be able to get to Jonathan Quick. It's the presumed starter for the Kings. Jonathan Quick, we all know his numbers against uh, against Vegas career have been subpar outside of the playoffs. So, you know, for the Golden Knights, you're looking at potentially a goaltender that can be I don't want to call it a slump buster, but certainly one that can get you moving in the right direction, a little bit of confidence in your goal scoring. They chased them last time. Yeah, they did. Crypto.com Arena. Remember the the four goals scored? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that arena. In uh, weird. In less than two minutes. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, strange. Well, how about this? They they started the season series at Staples Center. Yeah. They strange. played game two of the season series at crypto.com <laughs> arena yeah. and tonight they'll play game three of the set yeah. at t-mobile arena it's great there there have been two kings home games and three arenas played in <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous kind of funny uh so jonathan quick uh, yeah we do expect him as they've alternated uh, recently for the la kings all of a sudden 
the two points available tonight are really big for both teams, given where Vegas is sandwiched between the two Alberta teams in the Pacific Division uh, for first place. Uh, Calgary's three points up, and Edmonton's lurking uh, just behind the, the the Golden Knights. And the LA Kings have fallen out of a top three spot and are right now in a wild card position, trying to hold on and, and stave off what is a growing chase pack uh, that also includes the Ducks and the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars. Uh, I, I, I could think uh, that the with the, the chase for first place in Vegas and the expectations on Vegas, uh, the urgency is is just as, as heightened for the Golden Knights as it is for the LA Kings tonight. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, listen, I, these two points matter, and, and they're important for both clubs, but I think if you're looking at it from the Golden Knights side of things, they want to win this division. They want to get as close to and make it as uncomfortable on Calgary as they possibly can. The two points matter more to the to the Vegas Golden Knights. They just do. Like the Golden Knights do not have a lot of runway and games this month. So just by virtue of that, and by virtue of the fact that everyone else around them is going to be making up games and making up ground and playing their games in hand, the Golden Knights have to win as much as possible. And I think that you're going to see tonight uh, a team that that it understands fully understands the importance of these two points and this four point game against the divisional foe. You think it matters more to Vegas than than L.A. I think Just, I think it has to. Because I think it should. Wow, well, L.A. is battling for their playoff I, lives I hear, right now. I like, hear you, but you, you. I think they're both both urgent. I think it's important to both, but I think if you're if you're going into that Golden Knights locker room, they want these two points. They need these two points because. You don't get them, and all of a sudden you've got two teams that are right on your heels, and you only have a you have one more game against San Jose, and then you have another four days off. Like it's important that the Golden Knights keep pace here. Yeah, and and try to put some heat on on Calgary. Sure, yeah, uh, who have won eight in a row in the middle of a, a seven game homestand, and they're in one of those streaks. And we've seen Vegas on these runs before. We think. Are they ever going to lose again? Colorado's been on those kind of runs, uh, especially going back to, to last year. We heard Pete DeBoer talking about it. Like they, they haven't lost in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, trying to uh, trying to keep pace and, and battle things up. It's, it's fun, though, when you look at the standings now. Mm-hmm. As teams start to play a lot of these games in hand, that just from a, from a pure human standpoint, to be able to understand and be able to evaluate the standings with a little bit more <laughs> legitimacy than before, where you weren't going, okay, well, they've got five games in. Uh, they played five more games than, than Calgary. If Calgary wins all five of those games, that's ten points. And, mm-hmm. and what could the standings look like? At least they're starting to become a little bit more truthful. Oh, 100%. I mean, I pay attention to points percentage first and foremost, especially over the last two years because it's been so up and down on on teams and when they're playing and when they're not playing and shutdowns and pauses and all of those things but yeah you're right I mean I think that for the first time what this year maybe we have a very clear idea of where everybody falls within this division and we're getting a very clear picture of what this stretch run is going to look like it is going to be the most fascinating division to watch in the second half of the season and heading toward playoff because you've got five teams right now that could finish anywhere in the top three. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, you do. And I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Who are the five? Calgary, 
Vegas, mm-hmm. Edmonton, L.A., Anaheim. And I think it's I think time's slowly dwindling on the Anaheim Ducks. Like I think the the sand is passing through the hourglass hourglass on them a little bit. Um, but I mean I, 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 think, I mean they're uh, still yeah. there. Uh, we're about to strike midnight on the Anaheim Ducks. Great it's, first it's half coming. story. It's coming. Kids have been awesome. Uh, goaltending's been great. But as teams dig in and the games become more competitive, like mm-hmm. Pete DeBoer has talked about. Recently, you get those those playoff style games, one goal games, low scoring games. Uh, I, I think the Anaheim Ducks will. I don't want to write them off just yet, okay. but I I'd be surprised if they're they're still in a, at the National Hockey League trade deadline. Do you think the Vancouver Canucks have a better opportunity or a better chance of becoming the fifth team than the Anaheim Ducks are? On the on like off the top of my head, yeah. They're, so they, they are 52 points in 50 games. Yeah. Anaheim's 55 points in 51 games. Yeah. Um, like, you can talk me into Vancouver. Yeah. I, Vancouver is just a more veteran team mm-hmm. with, uh, with goaltending that can rival the Anaheim Ducks. It wasn't very good last night, but <laughs> they, still, they still managed to, to pull out the win against the, the San Jose Sharks despite trying over and over and over again to give that game away to the San Jose Sharks. It was bizarre. Uh, Vancouver had a big lead in the game. San Jose came back. Vancouver had a lead late. And I will give Brent Burns all the credit in the world Mm -hmm. because there was 10 seconds to go in the game. Burns had the puck at his own blue line as uh, San Jose cleared the zone. And I would say 8 out of 10 guys will just get it close to the opposition's blue line and take some kind of shot on that and hope for the miracle flub. Mm-hmm. Instead, with the clock going down nine seconds, eight seconds, he makes a play, like a pass. They get a zone entry, and they score with .4 seconds to go on the clock. I, and I was going, there, there's not a lot of guys in the world that decide to make that 10-foot pass mm-hmm. that Brent Burns did and get it in. So they, they got a point uh, uh, out of that. Uh, and Vancouver ends up winning the game in overtime. Uh, and I think I think Vancouver is is a team that could, could certainly make some noise. I like Vancouver as much as I like Los Angeles. Okay. Maybe a little bit more, hmm. if not for the hole that they dug for themselves. And uh, I'll be curious to see what Los Angeles' staying power is in this rate. Like, like, like I called... Vegas and the two Alberta teams from the start. Sure. You're, you're right there. It, what order were they going to finish in? With that Vegas and then Calgary or Edmonton or Edmonton, Calgary, whatever. You can, we, we, we uh, are on opposite sides of that, but we had Vegas first and then the two Alberta teams. And then who was going to make up the wildcard teams? The, the big guess from the very start was the Central Division was going to have five teams in the Western Conference playoff race, and, and the Pacific Division was going to have three. Now, now it's really shaping up to be a battle to have four and four. Uh, who will be that, that fourth Pacific Division team? Uh, I, I still, like, I'm impressed by L.A. taking that big step. This yeah. is their big step year, yeah. and it's an important year in their, in their development. Can they hold on to it against a, a club that's gone through the coaching change in Vancouver? I, I don't think it'll be Anaheim. But, but L.A., they've got to get their goaltending straightened out. Their, their save percentage, mm-hmm. this is since the uh, middle of January. Yeah. 
and their record's even 500 in this, but they had the worst <laughs> save percentage in the NHL since the middle of January. Yeah. Teams that are right around them okay. but are worse. Uh-huh. Or, sorry, better. I guess I should phrase that better. Uh, teams that have a better save percentage than Los Angeles since the middle of January. Montreal, <laughs> New Jersey, okay. Detroit, and Philadelphia. Oof. You know what all those teams have in common? They're all non-playoff teams. Yeah, they're bad. So yeah. that's uh, that. That's the story with with LA right now, and it's not like say percentage is not all goaltending. Yeah, uh, it can be your penalty kill. It can be a, a lot of different things. But Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson got to get it going. Yeah, I mean, and and you know what, they had it going in the in the early part of the season. It's what allowed LA to kind of be where they're at right now in the standings. But uh, I think, you know. You're always kind of waiting on when that when that shoe's going to fall for Jonathan Quick. Like he has had stretches where he's been fantastic. Yeah. Inevitably, every year there will be a stretch where he's just not that level, and, and you're smack dab in the middle of it right now for the LA Kings. We're going to take a break, but as we do that, here's something for you. Okay. They started the regular season at Staples Center, mm-hmm. then went to Crypto.com Arena. Okay. And tonight we'll play at T-Mobile Arena. Mm-hmm. I was just reminded that the L.A. Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights also played a game in Salt Lake City during the NHL's preseason. <laughs> what what a route for this rivalry! Yeah, I, I don't know. Throw <laughs> throw the throw the next game they play on the Las Vegas Strip and call it a day. <laughs> Let, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's find a way to to make that happen. Well, we'll take a break. We'll come back more on the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights with Jack Eichel in the lineup with uh, a new addition to his line in Chandler Stevenson with Max Pacioretty. More on that uh, plus news and notes from around the National Hockey League in one timers. The VGK Insider Show live from T-Mobile Arena, Section 104 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I think I think for sure. You know, as the games get caught up, I think uh, it you can't ignore the fact that uh, you know all of a sudden you've got a lot of teams around you are ahead of you. Um, you know, having said that, I, I really liked our road trip going into the break. I thought coming out of the break, we played a, a great game in Edmonton and a real good game the other night against Colorado, a real good Colorado team. So. You know, again, when 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 I just look at the process, I know we've lost two in a row, but uh, I, I think our process is is still in a good place. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ninety-eight point nine FM and thirteen forty AM. Expecting Jonathan Quick to go for the LA Kings tonight, and Laurent Brossois. For the Vegas Golden Knights, it was Logan Thompson and the E-Bug on the ice this morning at City National Arena at the team's morning skate, which was uh, where we learned that the lines would be tweaked for today. Brossois has points for his team Mm -hmm. in six of the last seven games. The exception to that was Wednesday night against the Colorado Avalanche, a game that you cannot fault him considering the team uh, did not score, and he was very, very good. This isn't a situation, like there's been times during the organization's existence over the four years where playing the backup was a big roll of the dice. doesn't feel like that anymore. No, Laurent Brassois has done essentially everything that you could have asked him to do 
in the role that he has been been brought in here to play. A backup goaltender, 17 games, 9, 4, and 2. Like, 262 goals against average, 968 percentage. Like, the numbers are there for Laurent Brossois. He is, in my estimation, gotten better and better and better and better every single start that he had. Obviously, the shutout against the Edmonton Oilers, that was one of those games where I think Brossois being dialed in early allowed the Golden Knights to get themselves to where they needed to be in that game. And then through 40 minutes, he was exceptional against the Colorado Avalanche. Gave this team every opportunity to either take a lead, to take control of the game, or to win. And you know what? I don't look at that as a 2-0 loss. I look at it as a 1-0 loss. And you give your team a chance to win uh, by by keeping one of the best offensive teams in the league in Colorado to just one or two, you've done your job. I wish I could tell you exactly what the situation is with Robin Leonard, but but I can't. Uh, here's the, uh, the good part about uh, him being out at this particular time of the year is they had extended time off from his last start against Calgary last week. Uh, they play three games this week. None are back-to-back. And then you have four days off before the next game next Friday. Mm-hmm. So you're not missing a bunch of time, and there's no back-to-backs in there for a 10-day stretch. Huge advantage, and you can ride and go with uh, Laurent Brassois, who has uh, allowed the team to get points in 11 of his, of his 15 decisions. Big time advantage there, where you you uh, you can weather the storm a little bit just because you're not not as busy. Now, if if things stretch into March, it gets a lot more dicey because of back to backs, and they play four games in a week three times in March. It there's the the schedule ramps up significantly, but for the time being, Robin Leonard can do what he needs to do to get ready and not feel uh, as much uh, of, a, of a push to get back into the lineup right away because of the way the schedule is shaped up and, and Vegas only having those four games to make up during this, this Olympic break. Now, the, the way that I'm choosing to look at it is, is kind, of in, kind of glass half full, which is weird mm-hmm. for me, I know. Yes, because you are a negative Nelly. Yes, yes, I, I absolutely am. We all know that. Now... Uh, this is a great opportunity for Loren Brossois. Mm-hmm. And and let me let me kind of throw the caveat on there that when Robin Leonard's ready to go, Robin Leonard's this team's number yeah. one goaltender, no matter what. However, Loren Brossois is on a two-year deal. Loren Brossois hasn't had an opportunity yet in the National Hockey League where he has been able to have the crease for an extended period of time as the guy. And if you're Brossois in this situation, you want to take control of that opportunity and play your best hockey so I, I think that you have something in front of this goaltender at, at, a, at you know at his age it's it's an opportunity that may never come again it's opportunity opportunity to open up eyes not just of, of his teammates and the organization but everyone else around the NHL and you never know when you're going to get this chance again so I, I think I look at this and I say if it does kind of bleed into March a little bit Brossois is going to be playing his best hockey because this is an opportunity that does not come often for guys that have been essentially relegated as a backup goaltender his entire career. The theme for this year has been battling injury and COVID. Yeah. And 
36 different players have played for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. That is a franchise record in the five years, and there's still more runway to this team. 17 different players have made their Vegas Golden Knight debut this year. Yep. That's a full lineup. Yeah. On a night. Yep. That's the takeaway that if you ask Pete DeBoer right now, what's been what's been the overwhelming uh, issue? Good, bad, ugly. It's that. But underneath it, one of the great success stories this season has been the play and the acquisition of Laurent Brossois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given where they were a year ago with the tandem, the Jennings Trophy, the last year and a half uh, with that situation, going with a true number one in Robin Leonard and finding that capable backup to not just give you some quality starts here or there, but give you a chance to win every time out. Uh, Not every team can do that with their backup, and we've seen that here in in the past. That's been one of those great successes that's that's been under the radar Mm -hmm. and, and now has a chance to really become front and center. For sure. And, you know, I I think kind of the other side of the coin, too, here is, like, you have a back-to-back coming up next weekend Mm -hmm. in Arizona and Colorado. So do you get another look, another game of NHL experience for Logan Thompson? Like, these these are opportunities right now for this Golden Knights club to see what you have in Brossois in terms of can you lean on him for an extended period of time? Can you lean on him 10, 12 games out of – 14, I'm not even 15. looking that far ahead because I, I, I have no idea. I hear you, but yeah. but you know you're looking at things, and, and right now to end February, it's not that unmanageable. But as you mentioned with March, like if if you're looking at a longer period on on Robin Leonard and you and I, like we're we're guessing, we don't know, we, we have don't know. no timeline. But as you mentioned, there's three back to backs, and when when you look at some of the opponents on back to back situations yes. here, um, if you're going to to need to go a little bit deeper into the cupboard, you you gotta have you gotta get a couple of games in here for Logan Thompson too, because you've got Boston Anaheim, you've got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota Winnipeg. Those are the three back to back sets for the Golden Knights in the month of March. Those are not never easy mind games. the first one that's back to back in Colorado, Arizona, which is right? Arizona, Colorado. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you're looking at it, you're trying to map out goaltending right now for the Golden mm-hmm. Knights. You would you're going Brossois tonight. You're going Brossois uh, against San Jose on Sunday, and then if if Robin Leonard is unable to go, if he's not back till March first. I would look at seriously starting Logan Thompson in Arizona, and then you come back with Brossois at home against Colorado. Yeah, I don't. I, I do. play him on the back-to-back. Mm. Get, you're, you're, you have four days off. Play your guy. Play. He's your guy. Where, where are Brossois' win totals for his career? Year by year. And by the way, tonight is his 99th NHL appearance. Kind of cool. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, played one game in his first season, did not win. Played mm. five in his second season, zero wins. Third season in the league, 23 years old, four wins, one loss. Then his age 24 season, it's three wins, seven losses, one tie, uh, one, one yeah. extra. His fifth season, 19 games started, 13 wins, six losses, two others. Yep. And then twenty six age twenty six season, six wins, seven losses, one other. His twenty seven season, six wins, six losses, 
and then this year with Vegas, nine right. wins, four losses, okay, so two his, others. His year-by-year year win totals mm-hmm. are four, three, 13, six, and six. Mm-hmm. This year he has nine. Yeah. He's going to smash that career win total. Depending Again, depending on, on what the, the time frame well, he is should. on Robin Leonard. He, you have, he you has 50, every opportunity. You have 30 games left. You play eight or nine of them, given the, the hectic schedule, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Should smash it, which is is big. Yeah. Now, 13 wins. Guys have, have done that. Famers do that all the, the time. Mm-hmm. Thirty wins, thirty, twenty-five wins. Yeah, that's sort of the the the, the high water mark, um, or the expected mark. But but from your backup, if you can get fifteen to sixteen wins out of your backup, what's what's a good season for for a team with wins? Forty-five, fifty. Yeah. You get a third of those from your backup. Massive. I mean, it would be it would be huge for, as you mentioned, an organization that for the first three years mm-hmm. didn't get the type of contributions you are the getting. The only reason Robin Leonard's here. Yeah, it's a good point. It's the only reason Robin Leonard's here. And then you saw what the tandem was when it was Flurry and Leonard. It was like you can't you can't ride one of those guys for more than two or three games at a time. So it was a strict alternation. Yeah. You can't look at that as that was a platoon. It was. It was not a one and two. It wasn't a, you know a situation where you had a clear cut number one guy. It was you have two number one goalies. You're just rotating them through. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This is the first time in Golden Knights history where their backup has done everything you could ever ask a backup to do. That's come in, win you hockey games, and give you a chance to win every single night they're in. If you talked about the unheralded storylines in a positive this year, Brassois, Ben Hutton. Oh, yeah. Like, he's put himself into a spot where... He's been great. He, like, he's in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. And, and, every and, night. And, you know, to like to be honest, when when you have... Zach Whitecloud or Alec Martinez come back if they don't come back together like I, I don't think Ben Hutton's the guy come like the odd man out in that mm-hmm. situation you know what I mean like I think Ben Hutton has has really done a lot to carve his name into this starting lineup and it, it's going to be interesting to see when the Golden Knights get a little bit healthier on the back end what uh, what you can do with that so I've got Bersois top five great unheralded storylines okay Bersois Ben Hutton, mm-hmm. Brett Howden, yep, Nick Waugh, and my fifth. It's Chandler Stevenson. Come on. Yeah? yeah I, he's done it with I'm and t- without okay. Patrick and Stone. I agree. We're talking about career I agree, numbers here. I agree. Great story. I'm just not sure unheralded. I mean, Jack Eichel came back and made his Vegas Golden Knights debut, and Chandler Stevenson was bumped down to the third line. Yeah. Like, that's – I. And, and, and Chandler Stevenson won't be where he is when Mark Stone's back. Right, exactly. So, in okay. in a sense, it is unheralded. Like there, there, yeah. it, it's it's unfortunate because I think he's played himself into a top six role. But the fact of the matter is, once everyone's healthy, okay. Chandler Stevenson is not going to be in the top six of this Golden Knights team. You convince me. You convince me. Yeah. My top five unheralded storylines: Brassois, Hutton, Howden, Waugh, and the Chan Man. Oh boy, you and your names. <laughs> well, they call him Stevie. Yeah, that's better than what? What did you say? Chan the, Man. The Chan Man. The Chan Man. 
Why? Just call him Chandler. I don't. I, I like Chandler's I like a things. unique name in and of itself. Just call him that. You know, we got a lot of people listening to yesterday's show. I, I bet. They like it, we we do shows. Sometimes we hear from a lot of people. Sometimes you you just do the show. You, you know, people are listening, mm-hmm. but you don't have that reaction. Yeah, I got a lot of reaction from yesterday's show. You know what yesterday's show was? A good one. It felt yeah. good. A lot of people like Jared Justice. Yeah, I like Jared Justice too. We, just keep talking. <laughs> Just keep talking. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with the play of the day, which is a uh, beauty uh, from the Montreal Canadiens. We uh, we pretty much ensured Montreal was going to win that game yesterday yep. Yep. when I posed a question to uh, Ryan Wallace. And then we've got uh, more on tonight's uh, action here at T-Mobile Arena, L.A. against Vegas. Big one for both teams. Uh, Vegas trying to get their offense going and get back and closer to first place in the Pacific Division. One-timers also on the way. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, Still working out our relationship with Jared Justice. Uh, Going into break, we talked about how uh, much we love working for him. And uh, the play of the day comes uh, out of break uh, with Cole Caulfield scoring in overtime. The Montreal Canadiens may hit double digits in wins after Caulfield scores the game-winning goal. Should Ryan Wallace apologize to Montreal or should Ryan Wallace be congratulated by Montreal? For saying yesterday that they may not win more than two games in the rest of the franchise's history. But before he does that, I will say I also have it in English if you want that. No, no, that's fine. I heard Cole Caulfield. That's That's about all I heard. That's that's an obnoxious goal horn. Um, Okay, listen. I'm not going to apologize to anybody. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I will not apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. I will not apologize. You apologized for not apologizing. I, I mean... Sure, I get that. I've been hanging around Chapman way too much. You, you, you get that mm-hmm. reference, Darren. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not apologizing to the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. If anything, they should be thanking me. That's what I mean. That you should be congratulated. There's only one answer there. I should be congratulated. You motivated. I had all the bearing on that outcome of the game. I did. It's all me. It, the, no, no, nothing for Cole Caulfield. He, yeah, he put the puck in the back of the net, but it was really me that propelled the Montreal Canadiens to that victory. And hey, listen, if they get to like eleven wins by the end of February, then I expect a, a statue of me outside of Bell Center. Hmm. Seriously, I do. You and the Rocket. You and the Rocket. Hey, they beat St. Louis last night. Mm-hmm. St. Louis is having one of those really bizarre seasons. Uh, going into it, Tarasenko wanted to be traded. Yeah, their number one goaltender has really slumped in the first year of his contract, and yet you look up, and they're in a great spot in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. It seems like every headline is bad about St. Louis or negative, and they just keep on winning, and they're challenging uh, for a home playoff spot, like the number two seed in the Central. Yeah, they're a good team. And Vladimir Tarasenko is playing for him. Our number two, the VGK Insider Show is coming up. The Golden Knights at home to the LA Kings. It's a makeup game uh, from just uh, before Christmas. We'll bring it to you next. 
on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hour number two. On the left side, Stone to the right, back in front, they score! Tic-tac-toe to Donov, back to Stone! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Theodore finds Wah in the slot, but overtime hero against Montreal, sets it up for Theodore, he scores! Vegas wins in overtime! Shea Theodore, the hero! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We have a whole lot going on here leading up to one-timers and news and notes from around the National Hockey League in uh, segment number two of our number two. We will also get into uh, what's happening in Jared Justice's world. Uh, but starting off, we got the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights in Section 104, T-Mobile Arenas, the VGK Insider Show. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trying to get back on the winning track tonight. First of two divisional games this weekend as they face the San Jose Sharks on uh, late Sunday afternoon. This is the big one. Vegas is three points now behind the Calgary Flames for first place in the Pacific, and the LA Kings are clinging to a wild card spot in the Western Conference. A lot of reasons to be excited about this game, a lot of reasons to think that there's going to be some significant urgency uh, in this game between the two clubs. And first and foremost, I think there's a lot of expectations that after he played his first game in 11 months, we might see uh, another bump up in Jack Eichel's individual game tonight, Ryan. You, here you are, uh, again, kind of doubling down on the expectation thing. And I, I'm with you. I, I think Jack Eichel is going to be better tonight than he was on Wednesday. And I didn't have much of an issue with his game on Wednesday. And as we talked about on the show yesterday, there were plays that he made that Jack Eichel can make and and once he gets himself to where he wants to be those plays are going to start to become more and more frequent and when you factor in like there there could have been what two or three goals mm -hmm. that that were a direct result of jack eichel moving the puck making quick decisions against the colorado avalanche you, you get a couple of finishes from getting to donov which it's a completely different narrative surrounding the debut of jack eichel so i think as as you continue to kind of move forward and Jack continues to get comfortable, those plays are going to come. And, and once he's once he's able to connect with Pacioretty, once he's able to connect in this game with Chandler Stevenson, I think the, the pucks are going to go in. The points are going to start to pile up. For the second straight game, Pete DeBoer adjusts his forward lines. Uh, going back to the pairings that we're more familiar with, Chandler Stevenson returns to skate with Max Pacioretty. But the twist here is Stevenson, who's been the center between Stone and Pacioretty for most of his time with the Vegas Golden Knights, will now play on the wing as Jack Eichel centers that line. Do expect Eichel and Steventon to switch off the face-offs uh, a lot uh, to drop the puck uh, and look at that puck uh, from their strong side. So I think that'll be the, the difference that uh, while Stevenson will line up as a winger, he will take uh, a lot of the face-offs. Uh, with Eichel now in his second game, uh, feel a, a little bit more comfortable. And what you said uh, about uh, the looks that they generated and opportunities that they produced uh, Wednesday against Colorado, the addition of Stevenson, who was the best skater mm -hmm. for the Golden Knights on Wednesday, I'm calling it right now. I'm going to make this declaration oh, oh on the VGK Insider Show. 
right now. Hold, hold on. Can I, can I, I, I want to get to it, but I just want to make one thing very clear to mm-hmm. one listener and one listener only. Mike, if you are listening right now, when you call the postgame show, do not get mad at me for what Darren Millard is about to say. That's all I got. That's all I'm saying. Just a disclaimer, Mike, and specifically Mike. At 5.04 Pacific time on this Friday, February 18th, look at your phone. I'm declaring that Jack Eichel will score his first goal of the season tonight. Jack Eichel, I'll double down. Oh, boy. Will score his first goal as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Those two things happen at the same time. That, that's the same thing. And and I'll I'll go three <laughs> levels lower. Okay. Wouldn't it be higher? No, no. He likes I'm doubling to, down. He, doubling down. He I'm likes to down. really yeah. lower the expectation, Jared. Come on. Jack Eichel will score his first goal at T-Mobile Arena. Really? No way. Tonight. Yeah. He has, didn't score with one the, one event, and you're calling three things. That's, three things. That he, is stacking the deck in your favor, is, my friend. His handful of visits to mm-hmm. T-Mobile Arena with the Buffalo Sabers mm-hmm. never scored here. So, so he's going to score his first goal. Of the season tonight. He's going to score his first goal as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. And he's going to score his first goal at T-Mobile Arena tonight. All right, Michael, talk Book to you it. on the postgame show. Book it. Uh, okay, but doesn't that mean that if he doesn't, Darren's wrong thrice? Yep. It, that's a great use of the word, buddy. Yep. Yep. Okay. But But don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to happen. And it's going to be spectacular. And you will all get to just revel in that moment of Jack Eichel. See, what I love about this is you double down after getting tuned in by Mike yesterday. I'm not afraid of Mike. Understanding that I'm going to be the one on on the post-game show dealing with your bold proclamations. And there's no show tomorrow. So you're you're recused from this until at least Monday. If it doesn't happen... I'll phone in the post-game show and take my shade. All right? I will do that. But it's not going to – I'll be able to drive home and listen yeah, good to point. people talk about the brilliance of Jack Eichel scoring his first-ever goal at T-Mobile Arena, his first goal as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights, and yeah. his first goal of the season all in the same play. I'm, I'm making that declaration tonight because I think there's going to be so much more confidence, and he's going to feel so much better tonight – than he did on Wednesday. Remember Wednesday? It wasn't just about playing his first game as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just his first game not being a member of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. It was the first game played by a player who had artificial disc replacement surgery. He made history Wednesday night. There's no... The reason he's in Vegas right now is yeah. because Buffalo didn't want to have him have that surgery. Yeah. And for Vegas, thank goodness they went down that path because benefit. So just the, the, the medical part of it was significant on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Tonight, he gets back to being a hockey player and tonight he scores. You know, I, I like your reasoning. I like your thought process. I, I too feel like we're going to get something out of that top line for the Golden Knights. I, I'm not going to sit here and put any not that what I say is going to put any extra added pressure on Jack Eichel. Um, 
I hope, I, I hope what I say doesn't either. Yeah, I, it, it's not. Don't yeah. worry. He's again. He's, we've we talked about yesterday. Like he's got better things to do than he, worry about what I'm saying. I would argue uh, a nap and, and a pregame meal and getting to the rink and starting to the, the visuals visualization. How about picking out the suit because he is a sharp dresser. Yeah, Have you, you sh- seen some of the the uh, no threads he wears? I haven't. Outstanding. That dude can bring it yeah. when it comes to the suit game. I, you know, I feel like I need to get hooked up with uh, with the snazziest dresser on the team so that I can get myself a suit. Yeah, well, a, just one a suit. You you want uh, you want to get uh, dressed in the right way? Mm. Talk to me or Shane Nighty. You? Yeah, we both have suit guys. I'll talk really, to, really good suit guy. I'll I'm, talk to I'm, Nighty. I'm more conservative. <laughs> I like I like my suits, but Your I like them a little nice. bit more conservative. Uh, Nighty goes a little bit beyond, but Jack Eichel. He's at another level. Sharpest dresser on the team. Very sharp dresser. Like I can't, I can't pull off the the the, the pants that Jack wears. He wears them a little, little higher, and uh, at the ankle. Why? I, why can't you? I just feel self conscious. I just about your ankles. Yeah, I just I, I feel like I'm on the playground, <laughs> and you're gonna make fun of me. So as luck but, would but have Eichel, it, has got the confidence, the confidence to pull that off. I don't know. Like I like my ankles. When I was a tailor's assistant, we would actually. Like for guys who are kind of lanky, we wouldn't recommend going on a shorter, going with a shorter pant, because it would make you look like gangly. What's lanky mean? It means you have like long describe limbs. length. Oh, okay. Like you're a lot of, you got a lot of limb and not a okay. lot of torso. <laughs> really? <laughs> so if you have long arms and long legs, you would say no. Right. So, ah, so okay. Jared, you would highlight my ankles, but not Darren's. I, aren't you guys kind of the same height? I can never tell. No, Darren's taller I'm than taller. me. Okay. Yeah. But no, I mean, Bigger. hey. Better looking. Taylor's assistant. You're, if you're money, we'll, we'll, we would have made you whatever yeah, you wanted, that, that, but that, we would have that. recommended. That's what I found, too. Uh, but no, no, I got a good, a great, great suit guy. Yeah. And James got a great suit guy. We're, 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 I think we can pull it off. Jack Eichel, confidence. Confidence walking into that ring. He's just got it. The swagger. And let's let's go. And tonight, tonight he unleashes and makes his mark with the Vegas Golden Knights. It's just a, it's a simple proclamation. Um, it's it's not a guarantee. Do not uh, do not run to the window of the sports book and and, and take uh, my advice as, as gospel. It's just a gut feeling that I've got going on right now mm-hmm. that Jack Eichel really announces his presence with the Vegas Golden. And and a lot of of it revolves around the addition of Chandler Stevenson to that line. I, I think it's. Uh, as much as I'm surprised that the experiment only lasted one game, mm-hmm. I think it, it really will help with the face-off uh, situation and being able to go strong sides, uh, more puck possession, more chemistry, familiarity with Pacioretty and Stevenson. I think there's a whole lot there. Yeah, I, I do too. And, you know, for me, again, I, I, I look at the success for Jack Eichel being the success that he's going to have with his line mates because – you know, for, for a guy that has the skill that Jack has and is as good a facilitator of the hockey puck as Jack is, you're going to need guys to finish around you. And I think that you get Chandler Stevenson, who, again, has had a phenomenal year here for the Golden Knights. 
Um, you 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 get maybe something out of Pacioretty because you need him to start scoring goals. You need that confidence to, to start growing in his game individually. Um, I, I think the Golden Knights are going to get something out of their top line. I don't think they're getting shut out tonight. I certainly don't see that in this game for Vegas. And well, I think that's never happened before, and so I, that's not going to happen. And I think their top line is going to be the one that is the catalyst and the driver and gets them on the board first. Here's, here's what uh, leads me to, to really be so bold as my – recent statements <laughs> regarding Eichel's goal is he enjoyed himself the other night. He he wasn't a guy that was going around, and, and no, he took a couple of face-offs and they were on for a goal, but he had fun. He, he loved being back in the game, and he didn't put a whole bunch of pressure or emphasis on the rust side of the game mm-hmm. where he, he didn't or wasn't able to do things that he was before the injury. Uh, because he's been off for 11 months. There was, there was a, an enjoyment factor to the other night that, uh, that lends itself to him being more at ease tonight. There's a lot of players, and I wouldn't have blamed Jack the other night, mm-hmm. who, who would have come off the ice, and the coaches would have had to, to say, hey, don't worry about it. It's, it's your first game back. They would have had to, to work with them. From from all accounts, that didn't happen the other night. Mm-hmm. That he he was in a good spot the entire game, uh, from a, a frustration point of view, and I think that that helps build his confidence. He was he was one of the first guys on the ice today at City National Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanted to mention that, and they were doing a goalie drill with a couple of shooters, uh, Amadio and. Uh, who was the other one? Uh, Carl uh, Carrier mm. uh, at the other end with Logan Thompson. And at the other end of the ice, one player had the puck at the just uh, top of the circle and on the left side and just ripping shots, mm-hmm. ripping wristers. And you look down, Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's really... The first guy on the ice from a forward part because he's not taking part in the uh, he's not the shooters taking part in the goalie drill with Mike Rosati mm-hmm. and Logan Thompson. He's ripping wristers, getting ready. Uh, he's he's in a good spot right now, uh, and uh, it's just I've just got that feeling, Ryan. I don't I don't generally do this, but I've just got that feeling. And then and then it it, it bleeds and who knows? I'm not saying he's going to score first. I'm not scoring, saying he's going to score sixth. Because the winning team in, in the t- first two games between L.A. and, and uh, Vegas, they've scored six goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the misfits back together, that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah. That third line being back together uh, has got to be uh, a, a good feeling. Keaton Colasar back in the lineup after being a healthy scratch. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm. And then the motivation after being shut out for the first two times uh, in, in back-to-back scenario uh, in franchise history. The motivation to get beyond that uh, has to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to get a lot of really good energy top to bottom in this game from the Golden Knights. I really do. And, you know, again, I, 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 look, at, I look at every game for Jack to be part of a building block, part of a stepping stone to getting himself back to where he wants to be. And I'm not necessarily that surprised that, that he, he enjoyed himself, that he had fun. I, I get it. Like, in, in this situation, you, you have to look beyond the result and understand what the game meant to the player individually, right? Except uh, Kelly McCrimmon said that his competitiveness mm-hmm. and uh, and his being dialed into a game and demanding things of himself and, and, and others 
is one of the things that he, he loves the most. So uh, that part of it, I thought he might have to battle some frustration. It, it, to a degree, but I think that comes later, right? Like, I, I think when you haven't played a game in 11 months, like when you, when you had a future that was so uncertain and you finally get back to that thing that you do better than anything else, I think you allow, you allow yourself a game. You allow yourself a moment to just bask in the glory of doing that. And then everything else, competitive fire, getting himself back up to the speed, holding himself to a higher standard than anyone else is going to hold him to, that's going to come. But Wednesday against Colorado Avalanche, that wasn't the time for it. Others have. Okay. I don't think Jack I, – I, like, I, I give Jack – all the all the marks in the world for going out there, enjoying himself, having fun, soaking in this atmosphere, and allowing it to be a positive memory no matter what. You know, I like what you just said there, soaking up this atmosphere, because I want to give some props. Big mm-hmm. stick tap. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, awards in the National Hockey League on the business side of it, and they're called Stanley. And the Vegas Golden Knights game presentation crew mm-hmm. won a Stanley the other day. Oh, yeah for best game presentation, and submissions were huge mm-hmm. this year. And that's uh, Tyler Kofer and his, and his group uh, deserve huge, huge props for what they've done, not only with the game presentation from uh, the start, but, but the evolution of it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what they continue to, to get done on a night-to-night basis to make this the, the best environment in the National Hockey League to watch a game. I'd... Uh, buddy that I played junior hockey with, uh, he was here the other night, uh, he and his wife from Canada and th- they were blown, he was texting me during the first period, mm-hmm. saying that opening and, and what's going on in here it's like everybody's here at a party mm-hmm. nobody, nobody sits down uh, it, it, it's wild and it takes people by surprise when they've never been uh, exposed to it, but a big, big stick tap to the entire game presentation uh, crew of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, for their Stanley uh, Ashley Vice asked Riley Smith today about that, mm-hmm. and it was a great answer because Riley said it's it, they're so loud. The fans are so loud at T-Mobile Arena and the Fortress every night, and and it's always there pushing you on. But he said he didn't realize mm-hmm. the whole picture that goes into the, the presentation of what the fans experience uh, until a couple of years ago when he was out of the lineup for a few games. And he was, he was here, he's watching from upstairs, and he said, I finally realized what my parents have been talking about <laughs> when they come to games, yeah. what, this, what the whole show is uh, in Vegas. And he, he, he got it because all he sees as a player is coming out and then the crowds and the odd thing on the, uh, the Jumbotron during, during stoppages, but not, not the pregame and not the intermissions uh, and, and what happens in and around uh, this uh, the lead up to a game. Yeah, you know, for me, like I, I, when it comes to to the to the game presentation, and and I think it was really um, put to the forefront for me early on in the season last year with an empty building, mm-hmm. how the atmosphere felt close enough to to a to a regular game, to a normal game. It it felt in many ways almost normal, and I think that that really. Is, is where you have the attention to detail here with this team and how they approach in-game atmosphere. Because it would be so easy in that situation to kind of recycle things, to, to just kind of you know go in, in a different direction. And every bit 
of detail that you have when this place is full at capacity was put into games with no fans in the building. And I think that was a, a nice detail that allowed the Golden Knights and, and this building to be uh, a building that had a lot of juice and a lot of energy. And, and, and you saw some really great games in an empty building here because of that in-game. Uh, yeah, the players atmosphere. talking about yeah. how it, 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 it felt like uh, it was a normal game. Mm -hmm. I love the openings. Like whether it's uh, Bill Foley in a helicopter or the players on on horses riding the, through the desert yeah. or the 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 Mystic Castle medieval uh, presentation that that we are going through like this the, season. I like the catapult, man. My and favorite. How how about the drawbridge that mm -hmm. goes down on the ice for the night to come out? Yeah, just to have have that and uh, the the. the the Kraken at the start of the year mm -hmm. that that made all the headlines. Yep. Oh, what's your but in 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 game? Like I love the locals. Like clap your hands, uh, left-handed, right-handed, uh, and locals and tourists. That one, that one, I love from the very start and can't get enough of that. But what's your favorite other video drop or uh, what Mark and Katie do? Uh, what what uh, what's your favorite uh, part of that? I, I mean, for me, like, it's it's as simple as uh, when the opposition gets a penalty and you've got kind of that fun vignette of a player uh, in the jersey getting angry and, mm. and shame and stuff like that. It's, it's little moments where, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of teams really take that, that, that moment to engage the fans in that way. I, I, I like the aspect of that. I like... That, that even just uh, at the beginning of the beginning of a penalty or whatever the case may be, you have a little bit extra for the fans to get in, to get involved in. I, that to me is really where um, where this this in game atmosphere shines. Yeah, Bruce uh, doing the announcing. Mm -hmm. uh, Wayne D uh, still like, I got a great friend uh, out of uh, Wayne D before he moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark and Katie uh, doing their thing. Uh, I I will never not giggle at at Baby Yoda pressing the buttons yeah and i will never not smile at nighttime daytime and yeah that, nighttime daytime that's a good one that may that may sum up my maturity level it does yeah in many in many ways and my wife giggles at that too like mm -hmm. what like why every time nighttime daytime and it's, do you, do it's you find just, yourself like going oh yeah. nighttime daytime yes. at, at random periods of the day during the day yes like when you're not here yes Where's the weirdest, strangest? Is that, is that, is that not? That, I don't do that. No? No. What, I like, also find myself singing uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno right now uh -huh. all the time yeah. because of uh, Encanta. Uh, and um, my, my, buddy's, uh, my buddy's uh, young son the other day was singing Wheels on the Bus, mm -hmm. and now that's in my head. So I've got, I've, got, I've got nighttime, daytime in my head, Wheels on the Bus, and We Don't Talk About Bruno. There's a there's a lot going on in this skull right now, and I know there's people right that are listening, who are saying I just got Bruno out of my head, because they've got kids and they've watched uh, that movie too. Or Wheels on the Bus that gets in your in your head, swish 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 swish. That you can't get that thing out either, and and it's going to be stuck. And I apologize for that, but one suffers, we all suffer. That's my motto in life. <laughs> That's, that is who you are as a person. <laughs> exactly. One suffers, we all suffer. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we continue, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. And uh, we're making more space for one-timers today because there is some huge news and some sensational storylines to tell you about, including what the goalie said to Brad Marchand to cause <laughs> him to punch the tender and then wave his stick at the goalie 
that resulted in a six-game suspension. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, and you're probably not going to believe it. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Update from Beijing, the 2022 Olympic Winter Games. The gold medal game will feature Finland against the ROC, which is Russia. But we're not allowed to say Russia. Yeah, but we know because who they are. Because they, they are being penalized right now. But the By being allowed to compete. Yeah, yeah. I know. Penalties. So, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Consequences, everybody. So we have to call them the Russian Olympic Committee. Because they're uh, not Russia. Because they're not Russia. But Finland and Russia will play for gold in men's Olympic hockey. I don't know who Russia is. What? Finland, Finland and who? Is... How do you feel about that? In in the sense, in in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. it was Germany against ROC. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be a fluke. Okay. Like, how do I feel about it? This this seems more traditional. Like you'll be able to look at this and go, ah, that's yeah. I mean, like it's 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 an avenue that uh, that you could understand and and see at the beginning of the tournament and and understand kind of the logical steps to get here, but. Um, you know, again, I, I get to a point where um, just merely saying, well, it's not Russia, it's the Russian Olympic Committee and blah, blah, blah. It, it, it rings so hollow to me that, you know, I, I just I, I don't understand how a consequence is still allowing uh, the, the, the country to compete. So um, that's that's how I feel about it. So did you watch any of the Russia semifinal against Sweden? I did not, no. Do you know the story behind it? No. That's amazing. Which, and I don't, I don't fault you. Yeah, no. I, but I, like, it's, it's one of the greatest Olympic hockey moments or occurrences mm. ever. Okay. Lay it on me. All right. 60 minutes. Okay. 1-1. One, one. Mm. 10 minutes of overtime. Yeah. 1-1. One, one. Wow. You know what they did after that? A shootout. Shootout. Yep. You know how many rounds they went? It's a, it's a five-round shootout in Olympic hockey. Okay. So at least five rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I'm going to guess. Let's say 13. Nope. Higher or lower? Higher. 20. Lower. 17. Eight. Oh, gosh. 17. Why? What are we doing here? Because they were still tied. That's no, why. No, I know why, but come on. Like, just just play 20 minutes of overtime. Exactly. Call it a day. What are we doing? In in three on three, Yeah. just keep playing. The, the, you, you, it, like it's physically impossible to not have a winner in 20 minutes of three on three overtime. Like it's just, it's just not. Like play, play a 20 minute overtime. Let's, let's, let's stop being ridiculous here. 17 rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe you didn't, didn't watch that. Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Now go back. You know, do you have a one uh, a one one hockey game through seventy minutes and seventeen rounds of shootout? No, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna give you give a plug here. Uh, do you have Peacock? Yes. Okay, I, I I got Peacock just for the Olympic Games. Of course. Uh, because they I wanted to be able to watch more than just what the primetime stuff was. Mm-hmm. And and you can go r- literally sport by sport. Yeah. And watch and watch replays. I want you to go back and watch that Russia Sweden game, just the shootout. <laughs> and and. Why, why do you want to hurt me? 
And Slovakia, remember, they beat the Americans in the quarterfinal. Yeah. And Craig Ramsey, the great coach in Slovakia, but former NHLer. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw him. It looked like he was praying on the bench, and the players were all gathered. The intensity of that. Then you go 17 rounds in yeah. the semifinal for the opportunity to play for gold. Yeah. Uh, Slovakia and Sweden will square off in the bronze medal game. But when you look back, you'll go, okay, ROC, mm-hmm. Finland, yep. 1 2, whichever order, mm-hmm. and then Sweden, Slovakia. It looked like a normal year. You almost could have said uh, the NHLers played in that. Like, except for Canada would have been there. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you say the NHL has played in that. I think it looks a little bit different as to what that gold medal game looks like, Darren. Come on. Let's uh, be real. Four years ago, it was uh, ROC, Germany, and Canada uh, who won gold in the first uh, games without NHLers in a long time. Uh, let's get to this uh, big story involving Brad Marchand, who had appealed his six-game suspension for punching Tristan Jari in the head yeah. and then waving his stick in his face. I thought that it was over the top, the mm-hmm. six games. I thought after Jason Spetz's appeal reduced his suspension uh, from six games down to a couple uh, that this one would be reduced. What's the story? Okay, so uh, the Commissioner Bettman upheld the six-game suspension, which uh, has given us this this awesome... No, come on. It's given us this awesome insight as to what set Brad Marchand off. Because... In the the commissioner's uh, testimony and in, in his, in his uh, decision to uphold the suspension, we found out that Tristan Jari said, quote, how about that Blanken save? End quote. Oh, so he swore. Darren? Yeah. That is not an appropriate response. Brad Marchand punching Tristan oh, Jari. Oh, I thought you meant Tristan Jari because, wasn't an appropriate response. No, 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 no. It was not an appropriate response from Brad Marchand to just get chirped mildly. Mm, but let's go and throw a punch and stick his stick in Jari's face. Like, come on, it's ridiculous. Like, this is a guy that is absolutely vicious on Twitter with his chirping, mm. and he can't he can't handle like legitimately cannot handle in the heat of the game. How about that? Sarah? I want to go to our uh, chirping correspondent, Jared Justice. It's a weak chirp. With an explanation on why Brad Marchand was set off by how about that bleeping save. Jared? It's not what he said. It's how he said it. Exactly. Thank you, Jared. Do That's need, amazing. Do, though, do you that... need me for anything else? Or can no. I go back? <laughs> you can go back to planning your segment in, in a couple of minutes. Oh, I'm supposed to plan that? Yeah. The uh, that is that is pretty good. Well, he was probably fiery at the time. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Like so, they up uh, they upheld the suspension. They upheld the years. suspension. Uh, listen, I I I thought the writing was on the wall for that to come down, maybe by a couple of games. Uh, I am surprised that the suspension was upheld. To be honest with you. That being said. Um, it is pretty funny that that's all it takes to set Brad Marchand off. I wonder if Gary Bettman was about to reduce the suspension <laughs> and then found out that all Tristan Jari said was, how about that bleeping save? Yeah. And yeah. and Gary went, that that did it? Oh, yeah, you're, you're getting the six games. Yeah, like, like Brad, you're going to take a run at Carolina in their attendance and escrow, and you're, you yeah. need to tell me that it's just, well, I, I made a save on you. Like, <laughs> come on, that's ridiculous. I do like the simplicity of Jari's statement there. Well, I mean, when when you're good, like and it's you've a got chirp. his number, I guess. It's a like. chirp like that. Uh, we have news out of Montreal. 
uh, they've added to their front office. Yeah. Kent Hughes is the general manager under Jeff Gordon, mm-hmm. who's president of hockey operations. And Martin St. Louis is the coach. Vinny LeCavalier has been named special advisor to hockey operations. Uh, he, of course, uh, played with Martin St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, for a number of years. Yep. yep. Interesting, I- interesting hiring. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like if you can't beat Tampa, just create important positions within your organization that feature former Lightning that won a Stanley Cup. A 41-year-old uh, native of Ilbrazard still lives in Tampa huh. and will continue to do so while working for the Canadians. I'm I'm pretty sure that was a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, for, of course. For Vinny, <laughs> can I work remotely? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I'm so old that I remember Vinny when he was. Uh, rookie in the league and mm-hmm. I came out of a, a rink and he was sitting beside the bus and he was just like he was having a tough time at the time yeah and we just we had this really cool conversation yeah he was a young guy at the time but I've always really liked Benny but never more so than when the Tampa Bay Lightning won their first Stanley Cup and John Cooper took the Stanley Cup when he had his day to his son's hockey game and the coach of his son's hockey team said, I've never seen the Stanley Cup up close mm-hmm. since I won it. <laughs> Do you mind if I look for my name? Yeah. And that coach of John Cooper's son's team was Vinny LeCavalier. Yeah. Yet he'd never seen his name on the cup. That's funny. Um, my Vinny LeCavalier, like, defining moment the one that that sticks in my head above fight? all of all others yeah. is the fight with Jerome Ginla game seven everything that you needed and you know like Le Cavalier was not the captain at the time but that was that was a leadership moment if there ever was one have you seen the sweaters that the Sabres and the Maple Leafs will wear for the 2022 NHL Heritage Classic I sure have to be played in Hamilton mm-hmm. what do you think so if we're all going to yell at the uh, New Jersey Devils for their third jersey, the jersey, um, I guess the Toronto Maple Leafs will take the ice in a T-shirt. Wow. I mean, like, I get it. It's Toronto arenas. Like, I, you can't see the arenas part, so that's a little, like, that bothers me to, to an extent. Um, I think it'll look fine on the ice. I, I much prefer the Buffalo Sabres jerseys to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I, you know what I think it is? I, I don't think they want to mess with a Maple Leaf sweater, like make it some kind of third jersey and sort of goof around with the tradition of it. Mm-hmm. So they just go back to a, a, a sweater that existed 120 years ago. Which is fine, but like I, I much prefer the St. Pat's to the arenas. So like just give me a green, oh, a big green guy. give me a green St. Pat's jersey and I'll, I'll be fine. The only green I've ever really liked was the Hartford Whalers. I mean, I think that that's, the the only, that's the only answer. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are good, though. I like their... Yeah, they're, they're, they're sick. It, bo- and I sh- it, like, it should go without saying that both of those jerseys are infinitely better than Nashville and, Ta- uh, and Tampa's uh, Stadium Series jerseys. Those are really bad. Okay, so here's one. Have you seen the layout for that Stadium Series game? at Nissan Stadium. I have. It's the most out there layout (laughs) that I've seen for an outdoor game. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on on that that football field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The rink and then everything else. Yeah. There's, like, 
a lot of color. It is very vibrant. It's gonna be uh, cool. It, it, it will. It will be. Like I think, you know, maybe maybe since the the Dodger Stadium Stadium Series when you had a pool and all that other stuff, like maybe the most unique look for an outdoor game in, in NHL history. I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this or not, but have you? You know, LA's got the shiny helmets, they the do. chrome helmets, yeah. which copied the Henderson Silver Knights. Well, in fairness, it didn't, but okay. Then it did. I mean, LA wore them in a stadium series before the Henderson yeah. Silver Knights were a team. So but they never did not. it again. Eh. And then Henderson wore them, and they went, oh, well, let's it's do that. still the first. And Henderson wore them after the Golden Knights wore their shiny gold helmets. Okay. I heard there's another gold helmet, or another shiny helmet coming in the National Hockey League. Really? Who? Mm-hmm. And it might be in an outdoor game. Oh. TBL. Really? TBL. Really? It's Tampa Bay Lightning for those that uh, don't know. I know you know that. No, 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 but like. I shouldn't use acronyms. Shiny, shiny blue? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe that'll salvage the jersey that's bad. With a little bit of tint in it? That's just, okay. just what I've heard. Okay. I've, I've heard that they're. So it's a little iridescent then? I have no idea what that means, but it'll have some speckling in it or something <laughs> to that effect. I can't think of the, the right word, but. What was that word that uh, ear, you said? Condescendent? No, yeah, no. Condescending? That. No, yes. I, that, I usually it am when, like. it, when it comes to you, but iridescent is the word you're looking for. What does that mean? Translucent? It, it means that it's it's got like a tint and, and it kind of shape shifts colors. Iridescent? Yeah. I've never heard that word in my life. Oh, come on. No. Really? Serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. I'm also the same person that uh, I, have, I have one of those uh, Kobo what? book readers, and it's great because I can tap on the word and I uh-huh. get the the meaning of it sure so i'm always doing that nice. but every now and then like i'm even stuck there so i have to reach over jen what does this <laughs> word mean well i mean you're you're really hung up right now on wheels on the bus so like, yeah. i get it my wife's writing a book right now yeah and she asked me for a word the other day i'm like you need to get out of the house she asked you for a word right now like another meaning for a, a word Oh, what's another way to say this? Uh, and my reaction was, you need to get out of this house now because you've been in this house too long writing a book that you're now asking me for so you suggestions. Didn't, you didn't help her. I did. I told her to go for a walk. No, 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 no. Like you didn't just find a word for her. No, I was. I, he I didn't know any, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, Thank you, literally, Jared. You're literally holding on to a thesaurus in your hand right now. I know, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that person. That helps her start looking it up. Oh, no, because she's got a phone too. She could have done that. We have a great relationship, though. <laughs> I can tell. We do. Yeah. When I leave, she's happy. <laughs> it's it's give and take. Uh, yeah. She gives and you take. <laughs> told you the story of our honeymoon. She told me for half an hour, just yeah. don't be me. Yep. And that's then such I could a great, go back to such a great start. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it was it was amazing in in, in Paris. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi will be out four weeks with a lower body injury. Yeah, not good. They've kind of figured it out there a little bit. They have been better. It's not the most uh, dominant statement there. They've kind of figured it out a little bit. <laughs> you're that, that, you're that's waffling. Not, yeah, there's not, that's not a full commitment <laughs> uh, to the Edmonton Oilers, come to think of it, like, in, well. my, in my phrasing. Well, in fairness, they could, in theory, lose the next five games, and I yeah. could see that as a as a realistic expectation. Or they can win like three of their next four. Like they they are an enigma wrapped in an in an anomaly. Winnipeg Jets with a big win last night. 
Can they get in this thing? Uh, okay, let me look. Beat Seattle. <laughs> I'm not sure. But every time I'm ready to write them off, they win a couple of games. Um... I yeah, I mean, like, Matt, they, they Matt got... Matt going to be out indefinitely for the Wild. They they got... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that they can be that team that spoils it for the Pacific, right? Like, I think they could be that team that, that makes it uh, five central teams and only three Pacific teams, but that's kind of the only avenue I see. Um, they have a better chance of doing that than Vancouver. They've got two more games in hand, so um, perhaps, but... I don't know. I, like, I don't. I don't buy. I don't buy the Winnipeg Jets. I, they've been so helter skelter all year long. News and notes. One timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Those are one timers for this Friday, February the yeah, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Catching up with Jared Justice on the way on Fox Sports. They play a pretty tight checking game. Um, you know, I think their team has has come along the last couple of years. They they play a pretty uh, up-tempo game and then they're pretty stingy defensively so you really have to work for your opportunities and making sure you're not uh, kind of throwing pucks away in the neutral zone because they're waiting for those types of chances to transition and create some odd man rushes. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Jared Justice is working uh on a last-minute topic for catching up with Justice. I just want to play off what Riley Smith said leading into this game against the LA Kings for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he was asked today because it's become very evident that face-off plays uh, come from the coaching staff and they come from Riley Smith. <laughs> yep. He'll see something, he'll, he'll draw it up. And he was asked today about it by David Shane from the Review Journal, and Riley had this great answer. Carlson doesn't like any plays, yep. any pre-planned plays. Marcheseau likes to shoot. All he wants to do is shoot. So Smith said it's it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Just do whatever you do off the face-off and get it to Marcheseau and take a shot. I mean, but that's, that's pretty funny. But I did the, the the Carlson not wanting to do any of the plays is pretty funny. I think it tracks though. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it yeah, does. It totally does. Yeah. Uh, here's Jared Justice uh, on the final segment of the VGK Insider Show of the Week. How you guys doing? I still, hey, buddy. I, I still got nothing, man. Like, I, I genuinely have nothing. I uh, I kind of wanted to, I mean, we could go back to talking about Kevin Smith like we were in the break. Homeschool. You were at a bar last night, and you saw a guy that looked exactly like Kevin Smith. Which is a... Very strange look to adopt as an adult. Like, like if you're with gonna, a beard and a hat on back. Like if you're gonna pick a look of any celebrity, Kevin Smith is. I don't even think ranks in the top like 250 of yeah, like. but he's. That, that's the look I'm gonna cop. But he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a cool guy. But it's still one of those like. <laughs> that's like being like I want to look like Mickey Rourke now. Clerks <laughs> was it Clerks? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, clerks. I want to look like Mickey Rourke now. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. The other topics we talked about, like, I'm, let's just let everyone behind the curtain. We talked about unschooling in a break. Yeah, like not homeschooling, but like not going to just school at like, all. Just like, hey, our kid, he just, we're just hoping that he makes it to 18. You're a Canada goose. You're just doing whatever, trying to survive. Mm. That's we, basically what you're doing. We yeah. did. We had. 
we had Ryan do a shot-for-shot shot breakdown of the Party All the Time video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, if you've never seen it, spoiler, spoiler alert, when Rick James picks up the bass guitar, nothing changes in the song. It's disappointing. <laughs> it's so good. What else? What else do we talk about in the breaks today? There was a. I feel like we went on an emotional roller coaster that didn't involve any hockey whatsoever. I went and put on my makeup a couple of times, so I. It took me two commercial breaks to do that. Uh, I'm just watching somebody at, you know, when the uh, the crowd gathers, we're at T-Mobile Arena. It gathers uh, along the glass for the pregame warm-up, and some fans are already there as the doors have have opened up, and somebody has a Jack Eichel sweater and they took it off and put it on backwards. I guess so Eichel could see the number nine. Mm. Cool. Is that a that good play or a foul? That seems Why pretty desperate. Foul? Yeah, I think it's a desperate too. Like, I don't think it is. Come on, stop. Mm, yeah, Justice and I I'm, I'm kind of like, that, that, seemed, that feels very like, I have your jersey on. Look, look at me. I have your jersey on. Look at me. I'm sure this person's really nice. And well, I'm just like, yeah, no, no, totally. But, but, to them. but this but this person wants to be able to see Jack Eichel if he comes over. And, like, if you turn around mm -hmm. to show the number on the back, then by the time Jack comes over and maybe takes a look at it, you turn around and he's gone. Oh, there's there's the logic I, I, like, the I can logic get behind. The logic is great. Yeah, no, it's good. The look is suspect. It's only for warm-up. Like, like, this individual is not going to keep that backwards the rest of the game. It's just not no. going to happen. It's still better than the people that wear the, the two different sweaters sewn together. That's oh. rough. That's Oof. a rough look. I don't like that one. That was the... I mean, we the used to... The Franken jerseys. I heard yeah. Kevin Smith was wearing that the other night. <laughs> no, that was... We used to see that all the time whenever Broncos fans, or I guess Colts fans, would show up to Can the Kansas City Chiefs games when they'd yeah. play the Broncos, and they'd be wearing a Peyton Manning half Broncos, half Colts jersey. And uh, I 100% vomited in my mouth. <laughs> uh, well, on that, uh, let's uh, say goodbye and turn it over to... Ryan Wallace, the pregame show on Fox Sports is next.